Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 12 of Genesis chapter 3. And we're going to be reading Genesis 3, beginning in verse 10. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree, whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And Jehovah God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And I'll stop reading there. Now we know, because we've already looked at it, um, concerning the serpent's approach to the woman. He didn't come to Adam first, but he came to Eve. And uh, we we spent some time discussing that earlier in this chapter. And, um, and, and we see here as God is coming to Adam and Eve, he asked the question, um, who told thee that, that you were naked? And, um, and, and he said unto the woman, what have you done? The Lord asked these questions knowing the answer, but he's trying to um, officially get them to state their crime. They have offended God. They have transgressed by eating of the fruit of that tree. And as the Lord says this to the woman, Jehovah God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And she responds, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Now we, uh, in in discussing this before, looked at Second Corinthians, chapter eleven. I just want to read it to remind us of what it says in Second Corinthians eleven, beginning in verse two. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus, whom we have not preached or if ye receive another spirit, whom ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. And here the Lord is moving the Apostle Paul to make the comparison between Satan coming uh, as the serpent, or indwelling the serpent in the Garden of Eden, and his beguiling of Eve, 
And God is comparing that to Satan's coming against the church, the, the corporate church, is the professed bride of Christ. There is a true bride that is made up only of the elect, but all those that say they are Christian are claiming they are the bride, or they are the woman, the wife of Christ. Remember, Adam is the figure of him who was to come, and and his wife Eve would be the wife of the one to come, the, the bride of Christ. And and so Satan is following the same tactics that he developed in the Garden of Eden as he later comes against the church. And he comes in the same manner, beguiling the woman by having his emissaries preach another Jesus or or another gospel. And he is not coming directly against Christ, although Christ is his target, but he's coming against the bride of Christ. That really uh, sums up the whole uh, church age has been Satan coming against the bride of Christ, the professed bride of Christ, hoping to uh, somehow prevent the elect from uh, hearing truth and being saved and, and so forth. Well, there's also another passage in the New Testament that acts as a commentary on what we're reading in, in the book of Genesis, in uh, Genesis chapter 3. And this is in First Timothy chapter 2. And I'm going to read from verse 9 through the end of the chapter, and and here, God is going to lay down a law for women that they are not to uh, teach nor have authority or usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. And God is going to give the reason that the woman is to not teach and to be in silence He's going to refer back to what happened to Eve in the Garden of Eden. And so let's read here in 1 Timothy 2, beginning in verse 9. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. And that uh, is the end of the chapter. So God is laying down a law for women that, that women are to follow. And we want to make that clear. We're, we're going to look at spiritual 
meanings here. We're going to look deeper into the law that God has given, but we have to understand when God gives a law like this, he expects, he demands obedience to the law. That is, women are to be silent insofar as teaching men. They are not to teach men. They are not to have authority over men when it comes to the Word of God, the Bible. And, and of course, in our modern day of um, women's liberation that, that's pretty established right now, um, th- this would be a joke. Th- this whole idea is an offense to the modern woman that uh, there is something she is not to do, but men are to do. That's very offensive in our modern day. Uh, people of the world, not just women, but people of the world, they they would think that this is archaic. It is um, just something that is not for us today. Well, that's our modern culture. That is not uh, the teaching from the Bible. And and the problem is that in the church, the the Christian church, the corporate church, the the church has been looking lustfully over at the world for some time that just as Judah of old looked to the Babylonians or Israel looked to the Assyrians well the church the uh, apostate church of the time of the end has been looking over the bounds over the fence at the world and longing to be like it and and desiring to be like the world. And and this shows itself in many different ways uh, with the music, for instance. The, the world has developed exciting music. Well, the church is, is listening. It, it's paying attention. And over the last few decades, the church's music has gone the way of the world. You You can't distinguish between the two. Except uh, maybe if you were to lower some of the noise that um, you, you could hear the lyrics that are mentioning Christ. But it is not the music of the kingdom of God. It is the music of the world. It gives no glory to God in any way. The church, though, is pleased because... It thinks it can have both the world and Christ. It can merge the music that it lusts after with the words that uh, that they would think praises God. And so they're pleasing God while pleasing their sensual desires, their flesh. And yet God is not pleased by that in any way. In many different ways, the church has its eye on the world and what the world is doing, the church soon follows. The world scientists have developed theories of evolution. And and they have mocked the idea of creation and the teaching of the Bible, of how the world actually came into being. And uh, it's amazing that they mock that idea when they're um, 
theory of evolution is absolutely ridiculous. But to uh, the corporate church, they they pay attention to the world's uh, judgment of them. They 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 don't like being thought uh, to uh, to be a fool. They they don't like the idea that they are unlearned and unscientific because they they deny evolution and so the theologians come along to assist the church to adopt the teaching of the worldly scientists of evolution only they would they would speak of theistic evolution and there are long periods of of days when god uh, created the world in six days. There, there are long periods in which evolution could take place. Doesn't matter if they do damage to the Word of God. If the Word of God will not permit that kind of idea, no. The important thing is to adopt a doctrine that is acceptable to the world. You have evolution. We have theistic evolution. We still have our God, yet now we also have your teaching of evolution. We, we can fit right in with you. And, and this is how the church has speeded up its destruction, its apostasy is more and more what the world seeks after. The, the direction of the world is the direction of the church. Well, the world in the 20th century especially, sought after women's liberation. And the the women of the world entered into the workforce and and began having careers and, and so forth. We we all know the story. Well, at at the same time, suddenly the uh, the New Testament church, the corporate church, begins to have women deacons and women elders and women pastors and women bishops and they they begin to have women teaching their Sunday schools and women giving the sermon and well you you wonder what about verses like this scripture that says let the woman learn in silence with all subjection but I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Or, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says in verse 34, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. I I tell you, it uh, it it is astounding to think that you can have pastors and elders and deacons, church authorities. And, you know, this begins in the seminaries. It's in the seminaries with the theologians and, and the, the, the commentaries and, and the seminary professors. They begin, they're the ones that have had their eye on the world. And so they begin to 
assault the word of God and to attempt to find a loophole, attempt to find some way that they can make these things say what they desperately want them to say. They want allowance. They want women to teach. That is the deep down desire of the corporate church so they can be in step, they can be in line with the way of the world and they cannot, you know, as as they have their eyes on the world, the, the last thing they want is the world to think that they are not with it, that they are uh, not up to date, that they uh, have been left in the background somewhere and and they are not correct in accepting these things they they have to be right there with the world and so you know if you approach the bible with a desire to get the bible to say something you you want it to say well if you do enough twist and turning and and shifting of things, sure, then, then you can write your book, you can write your papers and your studies and, and do your sermons and present it with that particular slanted point of view. And that's what they do. And they, they speak of, uh, the, uh, they've even, uh, put down the apostle Paul as though, um, he was a chauvinist and, and then they speak of the, the first century AD and we have to understand the history of all this and, and it was the, the common role of women at that time and, and you see it was for them. It's not for us today. And it is just flat out deceitful. It is, uh, um, just without any question, a perversion of the word of God for these churches to uh, attempt to get the Bible to say what they want it to say, so now they can find acceptance with the world that they lust after. And, you know, uh, just one comment on that. Uh, what what a sad, pathetic uh, thing it is for the church to lust after the world and always desire to want to be like the world and and want the world's acceptance because they'll never get it. The world doesn't care. The the world has no respect. It, it mocks the church that is so desirous of it. Really, a, a church that is apostate, that goes after the things of the world, is the last thing on the world's mind. It's not something the world even is concerned with. No, it's the true people of God who teach the true word of God that Satan and his kingdom are concerned with. And anyone who capitulates, anyone who bows the knee to the image of the beast, and that's exactly what the church has done by seeking to be like Babylon, to be like the world, well, good, good. Now I don't have to worry about you anymore. You're of no concern. But this has been the the pattern that has taken place over the last few decades with 
doctrine after doctrine, and now today it's homosexual marriage, it's gay marriage. And we have the first few churches, the the more liberal churches that are basically, you know, that that line between world and church is is pretty much gone. They're already um actually some have long been accepting of gay bishops and pastors and so forth and and so they're they're uh ready and eager to start marrying men and men and women and women but it it will spread because this is the way of the world that this is the way of the world and and the church that has its eyes on the world and wants to deep down be like the world it will spread it will go further and further that more denominations or more congregations will be accepting and and they'll they'll give lip service to Jesus would would do this or or Jesus would not want two people who love each other not to be able to come together in marriage union after all marriage is really about love and 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 so on and so on completely disregarding what the bible says that marriage is between a man and a woman a man and a woman and disregarding what the bible says about uh, homosexuality to begin with that it is a sin it, it just as adultery is a sin and fornication is a sin homosexuality is a sin it is said to be an abomination to god and yet we we just shake our head we shake our head it it is an indicator it is a signpost of the blindness of the church of the spiritual darkness of the Christian church of the corporate body that they have sought after these things and run after these things. And, and again, uh, one of the big ones today, it, it's not even up for discussion anymore. It, it's not an issue in a large number of churches. It, uh, people go to church and they sit in their pew and the woman pastor um rises and goes to the pulpit and and begins to preach her homily she she teaches her congregation and in doing so she has broken the silence and she has usurped authority over men because there are men in the congregation and and those men may not have any problem with it they they don't care personally that's not the point this is the word of god the law of god and god's law is is not subject to circumstances you know as it used to be said in order to justify women teaching um well let let's say there is a women missionary and she knows the gospel, and all kinds of men are asking her about the gospel, and what is she to do? Well, she's to be silent. That's what God would have her to do. God, perhaps, has arranged that kind of testing ground for that woman, and 
And yes, uh, there would be strong temptation to teach because there's no other men around at that time. But that would be in violation of what God has established that the woman is to learn in silence with all subjection and not to teach nor usurp authority over the man. So the woman should pray, Oh Lord, look at this wonderful opportunity. All these people, all these men want to know more about the Bible, but what can I do? I can share Bibles with them. Maybe I I can share this written information from men with them. But, oh, we we need someone to teach. Please send a man that is qualified and so forth. And, And that would have been the obedient reaction of a child of God. Not, well, there's no other men here. And, and therefore, let's build a church and I'll, I'll do the teaching until a man shows. No, that, that is not the way of the Lord. That is not the way of the Bible. God often, if not always, will test in, in areas like this and, and he will even allow circumstances seemingly to cry out for a woman to teach, and yet, no, the the test is, will you obey the word of God, or will you give in to the circumstances, and and will you start to teach? Well, that's, that's the first thing we want to look at. Now, uh, Lord willing, we're going to look more closely at this passage in 1 Timothy chapter 2, because God ties it in with the woman being deceived. In Genesis chapter 3, and and Eve says, the serpent beguiled me. And here, God gives the reason that the woman is to be in silence is due to her being deceived and being in the transgression. So we're going to Look at this, again, Lord willing, in our next study or two in order to get a better understanding of this connection between silence for the woman and the sin in the Garden of Eden. And so this this was, I think, a good thing for us to do. The first, lay out the law. This is the law of God concerning a woman's role she is not to teach nor usurp authority now that we have that clear and that is understood we can proceed to look at the deeper spiritual meaning that just because there is a deeper spiritual meaning does not do away with that outward or literal observance of the law just just as in marriage a woman is to submit to her husband, and the husband is the head of the house or head of the home, head of the marriage. And yet there's a, a spiritual meaning for that because the woman is in the role of the bride of Christ and the husband represents the head. But there's also a literal, actual working out of that law for the woman. She is literally to submit 
to her husband and give him the last word. He is in charge of the household. And that's how God's laws work. He commanded sacrifices to be performed. They spiritually pointed to Christ, but just because that was the deeper spiritual meaning did not mean, well, the Jews could say, now I understand God uh, wants us to kill the the Passover lamb and and uh, it, because it's pointing to the Messiah, so we'll just uh, forego the killing of the lamb. We'll just understand it spiritually. No, that 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 would have been horrible. They had to kill the lamb. That was according to the law of God. Thanks for joining us for E Bible Fellowship's evening Bible studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.